This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, look, on today's show, we will talk with entrepreneur and chef Tom Ramsey about his life and many projects. We'll also welcome Katie Eubanks. Now, you've heard Katie on the show before. She's awesome. She's a publication editor at the Clarion Ledger and also editor of the Magnolia section as well. We'll chat with the latest headlines about the weekend roundup. And to be part of today's show, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after the news. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Trader Joe's, featuring a variety of products for holiday tables, including turkeys, stuffing, and Trader Joe's turkey and stuffing seasoned kettle chips for the flavors of Thanksgiving in a potato chip. More at TraderJoe's.com. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'll tell you what, um, I just want to let you know that our first guest today is, uh, this isn't me just trying to bring the family on. Now, his name's Tom Ramsey, and my first name's Thomas, so I guess I'm technically Tom Ramsey, too. But no, Tom's no relation to me, but he's one of the more colorful and interesting people that I've stumbled across since I've been in Mississippi. Uh, He's a chef. He's an entrepreneur. uh, He is not shy. And, of course, he will be speaking coming up. We're doing a great program uh, tomorrow night at the art museum called Storytellers, and he will be one of the storytellers there. And I say we, as in the Clarion Ledger, has been producing this. And we'll also have Katie Eubanks on, who will be on to tell a little bit about that and some other things she's up to. You you remember Katie. She's been on the show. Uh, She's fantastic. This was before your time, Michelle. Before me, huh? Yeah. BM, before Michelle. (laughs) But I will say this on the storytellers, um, because this is also BM, the the last producer who we have quickly forgotten, and we do not mention her name, uh, one Rita Brent, who is now famous and you know stand-up comedian, all that good rot. She's yes. going to be one of the storytellers as well. Yeah, I saw that when I was doing my uh, research on it, and I you. actually doing research. <laughs> oh, you're funny producers life. But what I want to do is, when she gets a little time, of course, we're going to have a MPB reunion with her. <laughs> yeah, I want to get her on the show. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We want to bring her back, and I want to have an MPB reunion. with. I'm going to uh, make her write the questions, too, just to mess with her. <laughs> yeah, I on. have so many for her. I She probably, I mean, I just want to pick her brain. She actually does a great job of after her show, if you follow her on Instagram, she talks about her uh, show and how she did it and what she could have done differently. Mm-hmm. And I love the, to watch that process. She actually lays in her bed at her hotel or wherever she is and talks about the show and talks about what material she added or she could have taken out or that joke didn't go too well. She might take it out on the next set. I like that well, because that's, you know, that's it makes her about, personal. Yeah, that's the thing about stand-up comedy. It's your, it's, it's your laboratory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stand-up comedians get mad when you film them because actually what they're doing is working out jokes on a smaller stage and mm-hmm. then they go get their big Netflix special or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so they don't want to have people seeing their jokes before they're fully cooked. So, you know, you don't eat bread sure. when it's you know, not done. But instance. you know what? And on, on another side of that, that's a good thing. I like to watch progress. So if someone is taping you in the beginning stages if you watch kevin hart i like to watch kevin's earlier um sets because i like to see his growth you I see i can't him wait now. to see sharita next to kevin hart because he's like like three feet tall it'll be on on the 24th yeah, um, that's up. gonna be so much fun but just to watch her grow just to watch her from we see the beginning stages till when like you said she's been on ricky smiley already i mean the world is uh, no limit for her. It's, oh, it's I mean, no limit. You know, granted, we, we worked together. She mm-hmm. was my producer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I, you know, it's fun because she said, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I'm going to be. And she did it. And mm-hmm. I think that's really impressive. So. It is. It is. But you know what? 
that's what we have today. We have two people on our show today, and you and I both, we're uh, a test of that. We said we wanted to be something, we wanted to do something, and we're doing it. So we have two people that are going to be on the show that wanted to be, well, he started off one thing, you know, and that was okay. He was making money, but what he really, really wanted to do was be an entrepreneur and a chef, and he's doing that today. And even Katie says she's in her doing her dream job. She's you know, working at, in a place where she always wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was eight. Let's see, that's a good thing. Which is weird, you know. And now, of course, the newspaper business has changed, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm going to still be a cartoonist in some form, but I'm now doing radio and television and speaking and writing books. And so, I mean, you know, at eight years old, I never dreamed I'd do that. But I get to do it now. So you never know where your dreams will take exactly. you. Exactly. I think that's the point. And, you know, I think Sharita, Rita, or Rita B, or whatever you <laughs> want to call her, um, she's got such a bright future ahead of her because she did it right. And right. I tell you, so many people try to get famous, but they don't go through the proper steps mm-hmm. to get famous because mm-hmm. they don't do the groundwork. They don't do the planning. They mm-hmm. don't, you know, she, she did baby steps. She, right. made, she made sure she could walk before she started running. Exactly. And now she's running and she's exactly. fine. And so she's going to do great. Hey, you had a big basketball uh, game. Well, we have. Okay. All right, let's get the proud mama uh, music going. Yes, here. And, and this is going to be our segment, um, the proud, proud mama. mama segment. Yeah. But uh, every what Monday and Thursday, their basketball, middle school basketball games, they play basketball. So twice well, that's a week. Probably a good thing if they play basketball during a basketball game. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> you think about it, you say, well, don't they play once a week? Someone did not know. And I really, you know, I knew this last year, but when I thought about it, that's a lot for the teams. That's a lot for the, each student athlete to play a game every, well, twice a week, then study and then do everything else. And then, of course, for the parents. But we are there. Every parent is really enthusiastic this year. We are 3-0. and oh. And uh, the boys and the girls, this is Sawell Middle School. They're 3-0, and boys and girls. And it looks like we're championship bound once again. So Last year, we won. If I hypothetically started betting on middle school basketball, <laughs> this would be a good bet, right? This would be a good bet. Okay. I would say this would be a safe bet because, I. and speaking of growing, I've watched these girls from 7th grade to 8th grade grow in their, uh, like you said, learning plays. 7th, <laughs> 8th grade, they grow in other ways. <laughs> they they get taller. But not just the... And not just the height. I mean, literally understanding the game, uh, working together as a team. And then um, I, I, I enjoy that part, especially watching my 14-year-old just uh, think on the floor, think on yeah. the court, and watch her strategize and throw the ball where she's supposed to throw it. I love that. And it makes me proud. I, uh, You know, my, my son turns 15 tomorrow. Yeah. And, of course, he runs cross country. He did real well in state this year as a freshman. I'm real proud of him, right? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody can turn the radio back on. Um, but the other day I was walking up next to him and I just realized that he and I are about the same height now. It's wow. like, what the heck? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 6'1". You know, it's like, when, when did you get so tall? When did this happen? It you happens know? overnight, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. That's like, now I know where all those groceries went. They went straight to his legs. Jordan tall. is taller than me. I wear heels a lot. Yeah, I mean, so. you're seven feet tall, so I just want to <laughs> no. paint a picture for all the radio I'm people. not, I'm not. She, she's I'm. scary tall. I am not, my God. She can dunk a basketball. (laughs) And speaking of that, I had known nothing. I am not athletic. I know nothing about basketball. I can dribble, I think. Um, I can shoot it, but I don't, you know, if it it went in, it'll be surprising. But uh, my daughter, you should see me yelling and screaming out, hands up, Jordan, hands up. I can only imagine. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, I think I'm supposed to say this. Hands up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get in front of your girl when you're on defense. That's what I'm supposed to say, because I play the music for the basketball game. So I'm the DJ. I'm the mom. I'm the cool mom. So I'm playing music throughout the halftime and all the between the games and everybody's having fun. And I'm still trying to record at the same time. So it's it's funny. I had one of those. I had one of those life moments this weekend. What happened? um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I went back to Atlanta. That's where I grew up as Marietta, Georgia. And yeah, I'm a Yankee. I admit. (laughs) Um, No, I went back over. And of course. We're about to uh, do the estate sale and sell my parents' house. Uh, they both passed away in the last year. And so we have been slowly cleaning it out and so forth and going through. And we just kind of want to go through it one last time and pull out those things that we may have missed. And, and I picked out a lot of my dad's tools because, it, for me, when I think of my dad, I think of tools because he was a mechanic and, and was very handy around the house and so forth. So I made sure I got a lot of his tools. But I found, like, two boxes full of stuff. And, you know, my mom, she was, in, she was a very beautiful, talented lady, and sometimes she was a little bit crazy. Um, but I loved her, and even sometimes she could be frustrating. But I found two boxes full of stuff, 
she saved like my report cards and my drawings from when I was three and I mean all kinds of stuff and it was for me I just sat down there and I'm reading newspaper articles about when I played football and when I won awards and you know when I was syndicated nationally and when I was a Pulitzer finalist she had saved everything and it was just my wife looked at me and she said well you can you can tell she was obviously very proud of you that's all I was going to ask know? you how did that make you feel at that moment when you you know everything you you've told us about what you went through and what she went through at the end yeah how did it, it that helped. It make helped. you right feel when you saw those things I mean it helped um because you realize that, you know, a lot of things that happened was more the disease than it was who she really was. At least you hope that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you realize that, you know, she she did a pretty good job. But, I mean, for me, walking through the house, um, you know, I walked through every single room and had a good memory out of every room. And that's what I did, right, as I walked out. I went through, like, my parents' room. I had a good memory of that. And then I walked in my room, and I thought about the good memories in there. And I walked in the den and I walked down the basement. I walked in the kitchen and the dining room where we used to eat dinner. Then I went out in the backyard and said goodbye to all my pets because they're all buried there, you know, the ones that we had growing oh, up. Wow. And I looked at the trees that I used to climb. I walked around the house one more time. I went out to the driveway, got in my car. I looked and, you know, because my parents, whenever we would leave, when I moved away, mm-hmm. and this is something, you, you know, you're going to hit this too someday. Yeah. When your child goes to college or moves away, you don't come back but a few times a year and yeah. I, you know i didn't come back i'm not times. ready for that so, yeah. oh lord and i could you know and now that my oldest son is about to go to college i'm mm. starting to get understand why my dad always would stand at the end of the driveway and watch me drive down the road mm-hmm. as i was leaving so i sat there and i fired up the car and you know and i headed out it was getting dark at that point and i just could almost see him standing there wow. waving you know just saying goodbye and that's probably going to be the last time i see that house although we have sold it to a family with with a young child mm. who wants to have another young child and they're going to renovate the house and so you know the house is 50 years old it's about to get a whole new life and we're excited about that i mean it's so good reincarnation and, yeah it gets to you know it's it, neat it had my dad bought it for one reason. It had a steel beam that ran down the middle of it. It was a two-story ranch house. It had a steel beam. It was a solid house, and that was all he cared about. It had four <laughs> bedrooms and was solid. And that house is held up, and it raised a great family, and I think it's about to raise another great family. But it's so interesting um, to sit there and, and think about this, and I write about it on Facebook, and I'm not doing it to be weepy, but it, because so many people my age are now going through that stage, they're, they're losing their parents, and, mm-hmm. you know, if they've been as fortunate as I was to have them as long as I have. And so, you know, for me, and then, of course, coming back last night, there was a huge wreck right outside of Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, a car carrier got in a wreck, and all the cars burned and fell off, and oh, they my. shut down the interstate for five hours. And, you know, and I, I got to go through the backwoods of Alabama, you know, thanks to my GPS to try to get around it, and mm. I think I lost an hour, but I was just... So glad to get back when I crossed the Mississippi state line. I just said, you know, I left my old home, but I am now finally home. Right. And that was a good feeling to be home. Did you make that trip by yourself? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, there's nothing more fun than driving seven hours by yourself in a car. <laughs> but I do it all the time. I mean, it's not a big deal, but that was tough. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just one of those things. But, and, and of course, Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes. And I'm going I'm to take a little time off at Thanksgiving, and I'm looking forward to that. My sisters and I are going to get together. And we've already said we're not talking about any of the bad stuff. Just we're going to talk about the good times yeah. and have a good time and, and enjoy it. And well, You uh, know what? Th- that's what Thanksgiving is about. We're uh, thinking about what you're grateful for. Think about uh, what you have. Push a question Family. for you. Family. Mm-hmm. Christmas music before Thanksgiving or after music? That, that's a big question. You know my answer, but because uh, you just left my office. But yeah. <laughs> Christmas music after Halloween for me. Um, uh, you're good after Halloween. Then. If you pass my office, which a lot of people stand at my door, and is that Charlie Brown? Yes. Okay. I love Christmas music. Makes It takes me to a, a place of to euphoria. Place. Yes. Okay. I am completely completely at peace when i hear noel or i mean any type of christmas song it could be the r&b soul christmas or jazz christmas really jazz christmas is my favorite um but uh michael buble <laughs> easy for you to say yes michael buble yes is my favorite uh artist <laughs> and he has this old uh frank sinatra type Sound. Yeah, he's like Harry Connick Jr. Yes. They both have that same kind of yes, sound on it. Yes, exactly. I'm with you. I actually listened to a little bit last night driving home. Um, I I do hate the fact that Thanksgiving kind of gets lost in the shuffle because I'm generally on the thought that, guess what, um, Thanksgiving should be every day of the year. Yeah. Of course, if I ate like that every day of the year, I weigh <laughs> 950 pounds, so I don't want to do that. 
But, um, yeah, I like me some Christmas music. Now, I, I do know I've got like 900 boxes in the attic i got to get down. Oh. So I'm kind of fearful. So you bit. do you guys, and we're going to get into this later on in some other shows, but um, right. we're going to talk about I how you so. decorate your um, house and what your wife does first. And uh, Yeah, do you know what she does first? She tells me to get stuff out of the attic. Really? What, yeah, for some reason. <laughs> You know, I guess because the boxes weigh 900 pounds, she doesn't want, you know, to yeah. get them down herself. See, do you guys do pre-lit or not pre-lit? Pre-lit tree? No, or? we don't get lit before. I, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, you're talking about the tree? The tree, pre-lit. Oh, I thought you were talking about us. No. <laughs> oh, no, no, we, we're definitely pre-lit. Because that's the only way I can handle putting up Christmas decorations is to get lit. Um, that is hilarious. You said pre-lit or not? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we do have a... Yeah, because... We bought a tree like when we first got married because mm-hmm. we had to take out a 30-year loan on a right. tree, you know, because we were so poor. They can get so pricey now. Yeah, and oh we, we finally broke down and got one that was already, you know, already mm-hmm. had lights on it last it's the, year. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was fighting it because I'm like, look, we got an artificial tree. We got 20 years out of this tree. I want to get another 20 years out of it. And she's just looking at me going, we're going to – we can afford a new tree. Right. Come on, we get one. Now – are you a fake or a real tree person? Oh, well, let's do this. I know it's a little early, but Well, that's no, okay. I've done both. Um, when Jordan was younger, she was six, six, I think six, seven, and eight. We did real. And I had pine needles all over the uh, floor, and I'm sweeping, and we have hardwood floors. So uh, my tree skirt was big and nice, but they were everywhere. And then I was nervous. I'm like making sure the water is in the um, well and won't dry up. Then I was, oh, my God, what if the tree you know, goes into flames because of the lights and it's not, you know, wet enough. It, I was, I had so many apprehensions, uh, but I've done both. Oh and yeah. Live trees scare me. Cause you always see the videos of them setting right. on fire and they look like they're soaked in kerosene. <laughs> My thing is I like them both. I do like the smell yeah. of the um, real tree. You can buy a can of that. By the way. <laughs> now so what fun. I do is I buy the um, scented pine cones and I have them on my fireplace mm-hmm. in a little basket. They smell so good. The scent you can get them at well, one of the big big box stores. Well, not or, scented, but they smell like pine. I hope. Uh, well, no pine. They have the cinnamon flavored, uh, or you can buy some spray if you buy. Like I bought some last year. If they're not scented this year, I don't have to buy another pack of scented. I can just spray them again. But they just it smells like holidays in your house when you have the scented pine cones and all this other good stuff. Huh. But we have two good people that we're going to bring on the show in just a little bit, that's aren't we? That's what I hear. I think I think Tom actually just texted me and said he's actually looking in the window behind me. So that's good. Oh, good. So he might actually be here. The good deal. Yeah, you didn't know you didn't know that was him, did you? <laughs> I completely. did not. Now I tell I will tell you one class thing about the tree. Mm-hmm. My parents used to get a Scotch pine every year. Ooh. Scotch pine basically has real needles on it. I'm not talking about pine needles. I'm talking like hypodermic needles that if you touched it, it would go through your fingers. Oh wow! And my dad, you know, my dad's Dave Ramsey, right? I mean, I'm not. <laughs> talking to the one on the radio tells you to save money i'm talking about that's the guy who he was named after is my dad all oh, right that's how cheap my dad is true <laughs> and my dad would buy like you know hey, well here's one and he'd hit it on the ground all the needles would fall off you know that so it was nice and dry <laughs> and then we had these bulbs that were hotter than the sun with aluminum you know reflectors oh so you're still get, alive i'm so glad you guys I, are still do, alive. I do not know how that thing did not go up like the sun i mean good grief it was tough oh so, my so anyway Tom Ramsey's coming up yes, next. Yes, he you, is. Tom is um, not shy. So you're going to love this interview. <laughs> and, of course, Katie Eubanks is driving like mad through traffic, and she'll be here a little bit later so on we, the So we're going to have a good time coming up. We are. We're just we just up. had a great, what, 23 minutes, you and I. So uh, Oh, yeah, we're just talking to ourselves, having a good time. <laughs> just fantastic. We're going to so, keep this show going in just a little bit. That's after right. Break. Hey, you can give us a call any time, too. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email us at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. 
You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Hey, welcome back. So now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. November, oh, a little Thanksgiving. You know, I love Thanksgiving because that means food, and I love food. If anybody's seen me lately, they know that I love food. Uh, but I do have one of my favorite people in the studio. Actually, a couple of my favorite people because Katie Eubanks got here early, and she was worried she was late. But hey, entrepreneur and chef. No, I'm actually late. Yeah, that's Katie's <laughs> voice right there if you were just kind of curious. Entrepreneur and chef Tom Ramsey's here. Uh, I don't – we're – Probably related, maybe distantly. Because we, we had this discussion yeah. one time where we identified a common ancestor. Yeah, like they all came through Virginia, and they probably at yeah. that point. Yeah, because basically the Ramseys over in Scotland, if you were, weren't first or second born, you pretty much didn't get squat. So, right. you, so you hopped on the boat and came to America. That's right. The, the Scottish crown had what they called a fourth son problem. Yes. Because first sons got the land and the title and everything. The second sons got a commission in the military. Third sons uh, were sent to the church. Yes. And fourth sons hoped for a, a bad flu season. Yeah. And so the Scottish crown had a problem because these fourth sons who were nobility. Right. But they did, they were you know, getting a job was beneath them and they were kind of ne'er-do-wells. So these Scottish fourth sons were becoming bandits. You know, it completely explains both of us. <laughs> it, does, <laughs> it really it? does. So the Scottish crown yeah. went to the English crown and said, you know, we got to do something with these fourth sons. And they said, well, there's this new place called America, yeah. and we'll send them there. And if they don't get eaten by wolves, they can have some land. Yeah, and it worked out it well. Worked for, it worked great. Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, that it completely explains both of our careers at this point. <laughs> it, does, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and we haven't been eaten by wolves yet. Not yet. Close a few uh, times. A couple times as well. Yeah, that's Katie's voice right there. That is Katie's Hello, voice. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing? Now, um, of course, we're going to get into the life and time of Tom here in a half second. Ooh, um, ooh, but not. we do tomorrow night. We have uh, yes. Storytellers, which is the second one. I say we, the Corian Ledger. That's my other hat, one of the other jobs I do uh, that I love so much. But this is a really cool program. This is our second one. The first one went off fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Katie, of course, Tom is one of our featured you know, storytellers, of course. because he, he And he has a great story. Yeah, he has a lot of great stories. You you don't have to be around Tom very long to <laughs> to know he's got stories. So we're we're really excited for for his story. It's a it's a Christmas story, and it kind of reminds me of a, cr- Christmas. a Christmas story, yep. the yes. movie. But um, I won't really give it away. There was no that. leg lamp. That there was, was no, no leg, leg lamp. lamp. Not, yeah. in my, not in my house. That, yeah, that was a major award too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a major award. A major award. Major yeah. award. And, of course, uh, just go ahead and tell us the other speakers, too. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll, t- we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit toward the end, too. But, okay. But, um, so we've also got comedian Rita Brent. Who oh, yes, is, used to be the producer on the show, yes. a friend of the show. Yes, Rita. Yes, mm-hmm. she used to be in that booth right over there. But um, if y'all got the paper yesterday, um, she was our features centerpiece. And um, if you haven't watched her Facebook videos, her prayer videos, you need to because they are hysterical. That picture is like one inch equals one inch. That was a big picture of her. Well, it was a good picture. So she wanted to be, we wanted her to be our cover model, but um, no. So she is hilarious, and she has a hilarious story about um, her grandmother, whose holidays were always very, very organized. Right. And um, and then we've got uh, a couple of my friends, Ralph Clark and Noel Didla, and. Um, and then we have Dustin Barnes, our very own Clarion Ledger. Colleague. Yeah, which you, you, he's kind of your sidekick on the videos. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll say that he's my yeah. sidekick. Totally. Yeah, totally. he's your video husband. I guess yeah. you could say. Well, well we, I don't know. No, we call each other work spouse. Work spouse. Yeah, that's much better. I yeah. like that work spouse. Mm-hmm. That works great. Tom, uh, I guess we can start from the beginning. <laughs> In the beginning, there was yeah. Tom. We, we, we already oh, went. To, wow. We already went to Scotland. So yes, I mean, we, well, we pretty much got way back we, beyond. We've the gone beyond the beginning. The beginning. Um. You've been cooking pretty much since you could uh, turn the knobs on your parents' stuff. Sure. I started when I, my parents gave me a cookbook when I was seven years old. Uh-huh. I still have it. It's the Good Housekeeping uh, Cookbook for Kids. Uh-huh. Was this a hopeful thing on their part, or did they sense that both, you had talent? Both of my parents were great cooks, yeah. and it was just something we did around our house. Right. Uh, both of my parents loved to cook. Um, and so when I was, uh, like I said, six, six or so, seven, yeah, seven years old, they gave me this cookbook and, uh, I kind of eschewed all my other toys and just sat there and read this cookbook, you know, voraciously. And I uh, was fascinated by it. And I picked out a recipe and went in the, in the kitchen and 
you know, kind of rummaged around and found what I needed, and I cooked something out of it. Wow! And was fascinated by it. And it you didn't just, burn the house down. Didn't burn the house down. It was a, it was a kid's cookbook, so it was pretty simple recipes. That's true. Was, you know those those biscuits that you womp on the counter, womp <laughs> biscuits yeah. as we call yeah. them. Uh, I used those. You rolled them out like little snakes and tied them up in a little figure eight, and dipped them in cinnamon and sugar, oh, brushed yeah. them with butter, and put them in the oven. I could use one of those. Right? And. Um, and it said you and know, you can you can make other shapes, and so I made you know, little hearts, and I made you know just made other shapes with it, and and was hooked right there. Um, it was it was a very deep and meaningful thing for me at seven to make something with my own hands and serve it to somebody and have them eat it and have them enjoy it, and uh, it, it's been cooking ever since. And you and I both knew what we wanted to do right about that same age too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wanted to do it. Now I couldn't figure out how to do it. And did uh, you? Did, did well, you? I mean, because you've you've, I was, done, you've done some other things too. I was. I, I've only been pro- cooking professionally for eight years. Right. Um, I mean, I remember when you did that. That was a big leap. It was. Uh, at the time, I was a lobbyist, and uh, I had been an investment banker for most of my professional career. I'd, yeah. For thirteen years, I was a mergers and acquisition specialist. Wow. And um, I owned a tobacco business. I was a uh, had a cigar factory and brand for a while, and uh, then I was lobbying and decided that I wanted to you know make this leap. And my wife Kitty, who is the who's the, wonderful, yeah, she's, the, yeah, the long, she's cool, the long suffering and yes, very long suffering, um, said, "Look, if you're going to do this, just do it. Don't don't keep talking about it. Just." Just do it, and yeah. she goes take a year. And at the end of the year, if you know if you if you can make make a living on it, then stick with it, do it. Really? And so I did. Yeah. Um, no, number one, um, I do hope that you do very nice things for her every day because that was yeah. an incredibly brave move on her part. To say it was. That. It was. Yeah. Uh, but I think she was just tired of me like talking back to the Food Network. <laughs> well, then and, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit of uh, you know sanity helper for her. Were you um, like were you like the old guy in the recliner? You were sitting there and you're you know you're you're yeah, just, hey, going, hey, kids, yeah, get yeah. off my lawn. But I was right. talking to Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was it. So. I, Okay, so what, you're saying I'm going to do this. What was your plan? So I started teaching private cooking lessons Yeah, and did that for a while. And then I got a call to uh, to come work at Underground 119 mm-hmm. and in their kitchen and left at that because it was the first professional kitchen yeah. I was going to work at. And uh, then I went from there to running that kitchen and then running the full operation there after a few years. And then I opened my own restaurant, did that for a few years. and uh, Which was good, by the way. It was. It yeah. was. It was. It's, uh, I, yeah, I miss certain things about it, but I don't miss the 80-hour work weeks. and the. Then there was that. Yeah. And then, you know, it was... It, it was it's a rough rough business and um that's what i think a lot of people don't you know of course you watch food network and you see like res, you know, restaurant rescue or all these different shows where they're they're rescuing restaurants it is i mean the fact that if any restaurant lasts for any amount of time that's almost a miracle yeah anything over 2 years is considered success yeah and wow. um it it's really tough there was um I, I recently read an article where a guy was talking about how he went from being a he, he loved cooking it was his home he was a home cook it was his passion and he opened a restaurant. It, it destroyed his marriage. It destroyed his, you know, his finances. Yeah. And now he's <laughs> soured on cooking. Um, but it's, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I love the first day I, I opened it, and I, I love the last day I worked there. But now it led you to something even led more. me to something yeah. that, that I, I enjoy even more, which right. is uh, now I write about food and travel, and I host these food and wine festivals, and and I still get to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's in a different, I, I get to cook and be a storyteller. I get uh, right. my, my business cards say chef comma raconteur. So, <laughs> I get to do both sides of my That's kind of a scary word though. Cause a lot of people think you're cooking raccoons. They do. And, and, <clears throat> and sometimes I'll, I'll cook raccoons for them. Yeah. The, you know, when you skin them though, they've got eight musk glands you've got to remove. So that's important it's, to know. It's, it's difficult. Cause if you miss, you only get seven. Well, you only get seven. Then your, 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 your raccoon is inedible. Well, there goes Thanksgiving. There goes Thanksgiving. I know. I have to tell my wife that, definitely. Because, you know, it's nothing better than a good raccoon, especially to make the kids cry. Because well, they're like, rocket raccoon. I like, I like cold coon and collard greens. That's, oh, that is delicious. That's the better. That's delicious. Seriously, you jump into a professional kitchen. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you always ask, where did you get your training from? Yours was just basically mom and dad in the kitchen. and Well, you know, no. And, I, and, and I, you... I give most of that credit to to my friend Dan Blumenthal. Okay. Um, I, I'm 
Dan, Dan's been one of my best friends since I moved here. I've known, right. known Dan for 25 years. Talk about it. I mean, they've had a long-term success. They have, and they've yeah. knocked it out of the park. And so I used to hang out with Dan a lot and would hang out. He'd let me hang out in his kitchen with him. Wow. Um, I would guest chef occasionally. I would cook with him at charity events. And so I I got to observe from afar the, mm-hmm. the restaurant kitchen setting and the, the difference between restaurant cooking and you know, home right. cooking, which is it's two very, very different things. How? Um, how? How's it different? Just okay, so yeah, when, when, okay. You're, when you're cooking at home, um, you you tend to follow a recipe or do whatever you do, and you, you cook everything all at once, and everything's all ready, and then you take what's been cooked, and you go sit down, and you eat. Um, in, the, in a restaurant setting, it's more about prep than it is about cooking. Cooking is the the, the final of many, many, many steps. Right. Uh, in, in restaurant cooking, you know that you might cook something. And so you have uh, what's called your mise en place, which is you know, all the things in their place. And with, so everything that you're going to need for in, any single dish, all of its components and ingredients are ready and waiting to go into a pan. Yeah. So you don't get an order for jambalaya and start cutting celery. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, a lot of stuff is, is par cooked. You know, if you're, if you're, your mushrooms, let's say, are, are you get a sous cooked. chef, somebody else that's there. Well, you a prep cook, yeah, prep cook, a yeah. prep cook, or you know, if you're short staff, that's yeah. that's you as well. And right. so, um, so mise en place becomes the most important thing, sure. in a restaurant kitchen. So important, your viewers can't see this. I have it tattooed on my arm. Definitely do. Just put it up close to the microphone; they'll yeah, be able right. to see it. There you go. Put it right there next to the mic. <clears throat> there you go. There we go. Um, and so it's it's different. You're cooking what's called a la minute, which means mm-hmm. for the minute. Yeah. Um, and you're essentially heating things up. Yeah, because if you're not doing that, then your customer's out in the waiting about 45 minutes sure, or an hour. Like you might take uh, take an hour or so to get your, your family supper ready, right. um, but you've got to be able to have a seven-minute ticket time usually, Yeah, uh, seven to 12-minute ticket time. So you're cutting out, oh, you're cutting out steps, mm-hmm. lots yeah, of steps. Yeah, you, you cut out as many steps as possible, and so all you're really doing is bringing your protein up to temperature and reducing whatever sauce you have. Oh, wow. Now you're making me hungry. Yeah, it's it's a totally different animal. Except for, and, yeah, except for raccoon. I mean, hopefully it's a different animal than raccoon. <laughs> you don't knock it until you tried it. Really? Oh, yeah. Does it taste like chicken? No, it tastes kind of like um, a cross between, like, rabbit and venison. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me hungry now. Yeah. So I'm good. I'll, I'll make sure it's I don't. It's a little oily. Though. I won't swerve on my way home. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Okay, so you went from yelling at the Food Network to being on the Food Network. I did. That was cool. That was a, a surreal experience. I've, yeah. I've done it a few times, and uh, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Isn't television completely different than what you think it would be? I mean, it really is amazing. Well, for a lot of people, yes, but uh, I have a degree in motion picture production and television. So. Ah, there we go. So it was not that yeah, you Yeah, you weren't like staring at the lights. Like right. A deer. No, it, was, it, it wasn't foreign to me, but right. it, was, it was really neat to see in practice what I had studied in college and never pursued. So you practiced that in college and then become an investment banker. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure, of course. It, it all like makes it, sense Like now. everyone else, I'm right? doing connect the dots now. And oh, it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's don't even, don't like even try. I'm doing it with my yeah, left don't, hand. Don't even try it. It'll end up looking like a Rorschach test. Definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I studied motion picture production, television, and uh, also theater. Yeah. And uh, ended up moving to Jackson. And Yeah, well, you, were, you grew up in Vicksburg. Grew up in Vicksburg. Right, mm-hmm. so you moved to the big city. Moved to the big city. And... Uh, Anyway, got here and worked for a, a small ad agency for a little while and uh, found a couple of people looking to put deals together and help them do that and realized that was a, a career choice and uh, just went into investment banking at that point. Oh, wow. Oh, mm-hmm. Definitely. You won You won the first, the premiere episode of Food Network's Guy Grocery Games. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, here. It's pretty cool. You know, it's really funny. He's... Um, He's not nearly as amped up in person as he comes off on TV. You're telling me it's an act. It, well, it's not an act. It's a, you know, television <clears throat> amplifies your personality. Right, it does. Um, and it reveals it too because you can't hide. You can't you, hide. You There's nowhere hide. to hide. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a really nice guy. He was, um, you know, I've been on TV with with a lot of different uh, you know, food celebrities and stuff. Yeah. And he's the one that took that paid the most attention and really? spent the most time with the contestants or guests. Um, some of the, some of the some people on TV will you know they're they're all about it on, on air and as soon as they call cut you know they walk off there on their cell phone you don't really spend right. any time with them, whereas uh, Gaffieri actually 
spends time with the contestants uh, before and after and during the breaks and all that. He was a, a real generous guy. Yeah, I would think that would translate into being better television too. It does. I, yeah. I think it really does. Um, but it was um, it was a really neat experience. And uh, between that and the other shows I was on, I've made some re- like really good friends that I'm still in touch with now. Yeah, you you can you consider yourself a purpose driven chef. Well, what does that title mean? I'll have to ask the ad agency that came up with that tagline. I like that. Yeah, I um, hope it was worth it. It was. Okay. No, it's. <laughs> I do a lot of work for charities. Okay. Um, I do a lot of uh, of charity events, a lot of um, uh, nonprofit events. Yeah, and um, and that, and I take a certain amount of my time every year, and I give it away to you know people like the you know, I cook at the Children's Museum, or I uh, will do a do charity events, and so it's. Um, I, I really enjoy. I, I, I feel lucky. I, right. I, you know, I, I got um, I, I pulled a lucky card, and so because of that, I, I'd like to give it back. And so uh, when I have time to do charity stuff, I do it. I, you know, and I don't usually talk about that side of it too much, but mm-hmm. to me, that's the most rewarding part of what I get to do. It's a lot of fun. You know, One of my favorite things to do every year yeah. is. Uh, the Dr. Seuss birthday party at the Children's Museum. Oh, yeah. Green and eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. I make green eggs and ham. And I make a green egg and ham omelet. Mm-hmm. And so I'll make 100 omelets. I don't want to steal your trade secrets or anything, but how do you make the eggs green? Uh, well, it's, I, I use a... Really uh, old I, eggs? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, okay. I use a high-shear blender, and I mix basil and oh. green, green onions oh. and parsley and cilantro with uh, olive oil. Tasty. Yeah. And so it, I spin it up to where it becomes a uh, an emulsion. Yeah. And then I whip that into the eggs as I as I make the eggs. So See, I'll, I would have done Easter egg dye. So that's yeah, a lot of people do. It's, yeah, it, that doesn't sound uh, real delicious. I it, think yours sounds a lot tastier. Yeah. So this actually, it, it you get a good flavor, and mm-hmm. you know it's green. Yeah. And uh, and and the kids enjoy watching you know make the omelet because that's you know to them it looks like magic that you can you know take the eggs and have it you know, fold out in this very neat little green packet but they're seeing you do that and I, I, I bet they go home and try it themselves i hope so i, I hope, hope so, so. That'd that's, be cool. that's the that's the that's point. Kind of the point yeah, yeah is to show kids that um you know that they can they can do this it's not um yeah and, and i think that i have a real desire to have people come closer to their food yeah and i cook in these events every year called boucheries and a boucherie you start with a live hog I mean, you have a a, uh-huh. li- a live hog at six in the morning. Not a wild hog. No, 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 no. Okay. It's a domestic hog. Okay. And so you start with a live hog, and the hog um, is is slaughtered mm-hmm. and butchered and cooked in one day, and you feed two hundred people with that hog, and it's a it's an old tradition. I mean, it's not it's not anything new. It's been been around. Um, it used to be that you 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 could only kill hogs when it was cold. Right. Um, and so. Which, Fall and winter was boucherie season, right. and so if you were a if you were a farmer in like South Louisiana, and you it was time to slaughter a hog, well, you know how much of that can your family eat in the next six days? Right. Well, n- not very much, and so one family would slaughter a hog, and you would have this event where you would use every piece of the hog for something. There's no no waste at all, and you would feed your Six immediate neighbors, and, f- and talk about building community right. on top of that. And so mm-hmm. then the next the next week, or the next you know two weeks, or however long it took you for you to work through that hog that you would cook, you would kill, uh, your neighbor would have one. And so this is how you kept fresh meat on the table for for the winter. And when I say they use everything, I mean, when they they when they slaughter this hog, um, the, the, they preserve the blood for making for making sausages. Uh, the hair that comes off mm-hmm. the hog is dried and would you use to stuff furniture or oh, wow. stuff you know uh, chairs and seats on wagons um, the the bones at, when 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 you're through cooking they would take the bones and bleach them they'd put them up on top of a hen house and bleach the bones and then grind them and put them back in the soil so I mean these this was everything was used and uh, all the organ meat all of the you know the 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 intestines were used to to make sausages, to stuff sausage, and um, so I, I do those events. And because most people go to the grocery store and they see meat in a you know a styrofoam little package, styrofoam with, package with, yeah. with, and they they don't realize that food has consequences. And people say, "Oh, isn't it cruel to go to this event and, and kill this hog?" And I said, "Well, you know that hog had a fantastic life and one particularly bad day, and and that's it. But the hog had a great life, and you knew how how that hog was raised, and you weren't wasting it." Right. And so um, it, it honors the animal that you're going to eat. 
as opposed to going to a grocery store and, you know, kind of picking through the parts. Um, I, I saw a story last year where a kid had was on the news because his wing that he ordered at Kentucky Fried Chicken had a feather on it. And, and he, he got was, upset by and that? he got upset by it, and, right. and it made the news. And I thought, well, what are you talking about? Where do you about? think it came where, from? Where do you think it came from? you think that they're now growing these boneless, featherless <laughs> chickens that they're just cut up into nuggets for you? It's, they're working on that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, so uh, that's all part of being this, this purpose-driven thing is, yeah. is that, that, you know, that's, that's cooking with a very uh, a different purpose. That's cooking with, uh, with education because mm-hmm. the people that come to these boucheries um, have probably never seen an animal you know, killed or slaughtered or butchered or right. anything. They've just seen it. And so they need to know that, that food has consequences. You know, it's and interesting. If, cause if it's, you choose to eat it, then you need to accept the right. consequences it's like of that It's like two food. generations away from it, too, because my grandmother would go out and literally, you know, kill chickens and sure. bring them in. Kill for a chicken, the, bring it in. Yeah. Pluck a chicken, save the feathers. Yeah. So it's, I mean, all within two. Now, I mean, my, my kids think milk comes from the grocery store. That's right. That's you know? right. And when they kill a chicken, they would they would save the feet for gelatin. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was right. You use every part of the animal. Definitely. And so, if you're going to take its life, then you need to be responsible for for using it. You've been doing a pop up series too. I have uh, kind of slowed that down now that yeah. I'm, I'm writing for. Uh, there's a new magazine. Uh, it's, it's called Okra Magazine. Have you seen that? I uh, like it. It's, I say it's like a 30% less pretentious garden and gun. It's yeah. a beautiful, glossy southern magazine. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's this gorgeous publication. And uh, I write about food and travel for them. Nice. And so that's cut out uh, my ability to do these pop-ups. Yeah. Really. I'll, I'll do about four a year, um, none of which really are in Jackson. But, um, but we'll do those where we, you know, we turn someplace into a restaurant for one night. And you know, sell tickets and then move on. I've always enjoyed your writing. Of course, I read your Facebook posts, and <laughs> you're definitely not shy on there. So um, definitely, yeah. You know, I get I get the most interesting private messages on Facebook. I could imagine you do. I do. It's, uh, my my fans are uh, they um, they have some very inventive ways to, to to wish me harm. A lot of yes, I, I get that on Twitter sometimes, and I just like, oh, please don't let your children marry my children. Oh my word! Goodness. It's uh, there's there's some angry angry people out there. They are mad. And I can see why, because you're just such a horrible human being. It's pretty bad. No, definitely on that. So, well, we're going to, well, no, we're, we'll keep going here for a minute, because we'll take a break in a minute, but not right a second. Um, on the writing, though, how long does it take you to sit down and come up with what you're going to come up with? Do they tell you what you're going to write, or are you just going to? Well, you know, like the, like most magazines work, there's an assignments calendar. And so they'll they'll come out with, uh, I have a fantastic editor and publisher. Yeah. And uh, the publisher is a guy named Scott Speaks. He's from oh, yeah. yeah from, from Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. His dad was uh, Reagan's press secretary, mm-hmm. so he's got uh, got writing in the blood. Um, but they have an editorial calendar, and then they'll you know say, is there something on here you want to write, or I'll pitch stories to them. And uh, they'll give you a deadline, and then you're just, you know, you're working for the master of the deadline. You know, we've always joked that, you know, of course, Robert and St. John and Wyatt oh, sure. Waters do this great thing together. I mean, they're fantastic. Robert does the writing. Wyatt does his amazing painting. That you and I thought we might become the poor man's version I of that. I think we should. Like, yeah. I'll, I, I, mean, I can bring a toaster and, and toast some bread. And, yeah. and I can draw a cartoon of the piece of firm bread. You can draw a cartoon bread. with tiny little wheels. With tiny little wheels on the toaster. That's perfect. So work out great. I'm, I'm so, in. So if, uh, you know, Robert and Wyatt ever hit the big time and move way off, and we can kind of fill their shoes. Uh, or we could just do it right now as an homage. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think we should. I think I'll, I'll give Robert a call and see what he thinks about I will, that. We'll, we'll, I'll text him here during the break. We'll just do it. We'll do that. <laughs> All right. Why don't we take a break? Because I think that'd be a great idea. Of course, we got Tom Ramsey. No relation, but yeah, we probably are yeah, related. Probably related. It's Mississippi. We're related. And of course, Katie Eubanks is in the studio as well. And so we're going to talk with her too. Always loved chatting with, with Katie. If you want to give us a call, it's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. 
You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. we got a storyteller show coming up tomorrow at the Mississippi Arts Museum. And, of course, Katie Eubanks is here to tell us all about it and just happened to have one of the storytellers here who's been telling his story, of course, <laughs> entrepreneur and chef Tom Ramsey as well. Um, Katie, welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. And uh, you know, I, you sounded all panicky when you texted me. Like <laughs> I forgot. I'm good. I thought I was late, and no. then I got here, and she ushered me in, and you're like, "Oh, you're early," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll just sit here, but that's fine." No, well, you were doing fine. <laughs> it's not boring. It's always fun to listen to Tom. Now, oh, yeah. of course, storytellers <laughs> tell us what storytellers is. It okay. kind of is self-explanatory, but well, yeah. Um, but I did have a, a guy at church yesterday think, "Oh, are they children's stories? Is it story time?" I'm like, "No." They are stories for adults, told by adults, but, um, you know, we keep it PG-13. But they're not adult stories. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, no, no. But, um, no, we're doing it four times a year, and these are all true first-person stories centered around a certain theme, and the theme changes each time. So the theme for tomorrow night is holidays and family. Mm -hmm. So before the holiday craziness and chaos starts, you can come, get some food truck food, sit back and relax and listen to some some fun stories. Um, most of them have, you know, some humor to them. We have, you know, some interesting grandmothers in the mix. Uh, we got a, you know, a roast situation with Tom's story. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, so. he, he does use, and I'm not going to spoil this because you're going to have to come and hear this, but the, your description of the roast hitting the ground. Yeah, it's good. It was really, yeah. yeah it's, good. it's an apt metaphor. Yes. <laughs> you said first person. I can't refer to myself as Tom Ramsey throughout the entire story. I think that might be a little off-putting, actually. Okay, so no. No, I think it'd be cool because it, it would show no sign of ego whatsoever. <laughs> no, None. no, they would love you. They and would that's just when Tom that. Ramsey got up. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and he's going to slaughter a hog right there in front so of there everybody, you go. right? There you Ladies go. and gentlemen, let me tell you about Tom Ramsey. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, this is a way to you know bring the community together and right. you know listen to each other's stories and, and get to know each other that way. So it's really cool. Very oh, good. And like I mentioned, we got Sharita's going to be there too. Yes, uh, so I mean, you call her Sharita. Well, Sharita's what you know. I work. That's her name. That's her work and Rita B yeah. is her professional her stage name. name. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, she's so. the okay. She's the performer formerly known as Sharita. How about that? We can do the Prince thing. <laughs> there on her, you go. She'd love that. That'll be fun. It's going to be a lot of times. You, of course, have been working with Magnolia. You're doing that. I mean, you did like ten thousand different things at the paper now. Well, you know, we all kind of do. I know you. Well, it's do not the as paper. Well, it's the on the it's online the Mississippi Media. Yes. Slash USA it's a media Today platform. Network. It's a media yes, platform. That's, that's perfect. Right. Yes. I know. I think about that. I was like, oh, cool. my no, cartoon. The only thing my cartoons don't translate well on is radio. Uh, they, they, but they look better. They're horrible on radio. They look pretty good on they radio. They look great on radio, but they're just not as funny on radio. <laughs> I, had a, I had a book publisher uh, that I got a polite declination from who said that my platform just wasn't large enough to publish at this point. See, isn't that amazing now? Because mm-hmm. it's it's like how many Twitter followers you have, not uh, how good your book proposal is. Yeah, yeah, my platform just wasn't large enough. Your platform's getting big every day. You're an okra. I'm in, I'm in okra. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm You're on, on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on the Instagrams. On the Instagrams. I'm on the MySpaces. You're on, still Are on, you on the YouTubes. I'm on the YouTubes. I am. Deal. I'm on eight track. I'm on eight track. <laughs> huge in Belgium. Exactly. It really, and that's good because Belgium's nice this time of year. It is. They it's eat raccoons over there here. They, no, no, they don't. That's a myth. Don't 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 keep expanding. Oh, yeah, don't perpetuate don't. the stereotypes perpetuate of the Belgians. That Belgian spirit stereotype. That's okay. I actually know a couple people there. I'm going to ask them. Just muskrat. Now they they they'll smash through some muskrat. Serious muskrat love over there. Robert St. John hasn't texted me back. I think I don't think he found that funny. I don't think I actually met a couple of Belgians, and they were here to um, see me to tour the state and to listen to some blues. And they were, I believe, they're musicians as well. And they were visiting a muskrat farm. No, no, we're going to get we're going to get a phone. We're going to get a sternly worded letter from the Belgian embassy. I would think so. (laughs) Have you ever been like you go into like the BB King Museum and you look at the, the guest book? And it's literally yes. all over. Yeah, it, really it really and is. Australia and, yeah. Yeah. I've heard one of this, and I don't know if it's urban legend, but I think it's true. A friend of mine was saying that they were, uh, there was like two or three, I guess, quote unquote, rednecks. Um, but they were making fun of this guy with long blonde hair in the convenience store in Clarksdale. True. And uh, the guy Plant. turned around, it was Robert Plant. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you never know who you're going to pop into in Mississippi. It's fascinating. Yeah. I, I spent a good bit of time in Clarksdale for a while. And 
one of the one of the stories they tell up there is that said nobody played paid much attention to that old blues music till they saw that the people going to the shows were driving Lexuses. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I dare say nobody drove Lexuses at the Rolling Stone shows in the '60s, but that's okay. That's still they do through. now. You got you got to be able to afford a Lexus to afford those shows. Definitely. So, uh, how can we find out a little bit how to get tickets? Because there's still tickets at the there are gate. still tickets available. Um, if you want to buy in advance, you can go to MS Storyteller. .clarionledger.com. They're only 10 bucks with discounts for seniors, military students, all that stuff. And you can also just bring $10 cash tomorrow night. So yeah. we'll let you in. Yeah, we'll just you know, bring Hamilton. There you bring go. a Hamilton. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, what's next for you? Um, just continuing writing. I mean, that's that's the main thing. I've, I've got a book I'm working on. Uh, oh, really? I do. Tell me more. It's called Less, L-E-S-S. Yes. Um, so, I, I, like, like a lot of chefs, you go through phases and you go through you know, different, different periods. And, um, I went through my tweezer fussy food phase and my clever food phase and uh, have really since closing the restaurant, I've been concentrating on cooking the things that, that really have meaning to me, the mm-hmm. things that I've, and so I've, I found myself cooking a lot of comfort food and a lot of older uh, Southern dishes, a lot of older Creole dishes and, and seeing how I can, you know, put my touch on these, on these dishes. And what I've, really discovered is that um, a lot of food that I see uh, now is um, it just has too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's kind of fussy to me. And so I've, I've decided that, um, well, let me back up. Do you know who Coco Chanel was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Coco Chanel said, if you want to look your best, get completely dressed, look in the mirror and decide what one thing to take off. Mm. And so I've started looking at food that way. That's why you're not wearing pants. That's why I'm not wearing pants right now. I'm not wearing socks. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, And so I started looking at food that way, saying, okay, what makes this dish as a whole better and what is just superfluous, what is just extra, what is more? And so I start taking taking things out of a dish and and getting the recipe down to its, its, its essence and... And if, if, if another ingredient, another spice, another herb actually makes it better and in, in balance, in whole, then it belongs there. And if it doesn't, I leave it out. Wow. And so I've started, it's, a, it's a very disciplined way of cooking. And so I've started to cook like that and, and, and write about it. And it's just called Less. Throw out your website real quick. Uh, TomRamsey.com. That's easy enough to remember. Easy enough. Tom, good to see you, my friend. <laughs> thank you for you. coming in. Katie, thank you for rushing in as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank Storytellers you. tomorrow night. Yes. Yes, come see us at the Art Museum. Exactly, $10. It's a great deal. You're going to love it. Hey, I want to thank you for listening. Of course, now you're talking. Robert says hi, by the way. Oh, Robert said hello. Good. He's giving his blessing. Is he giving his blessing? Oh, that's good. So look for that. We want to thank, of course, our guests. and want to thank Michelle McAdoo, the amazing Michelle McAdoo, for producing the show. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll see you all next Monday.